Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod. I'm your host, Andy Rowe, and I'm here with Big Jim and Goody as usual. Coming up on the show, we have Max Evans joining us from Dancing on Ice. But first, thank you very much to the Rugby Pass for helping us uh, with the pod. Um, you can catch the show live on, on rugbypass.com. And Guinness for their help with the live shows. We're in Newcastle next week on Wednesday, Ooh. the 24th of January. Edinburgh on the 21st and the 22nd of February. So check out eventbrite.co.uk to snap up the last few tickets for those and if you fancy promoting your brand or sponsoring the show drop an email to fred at the rugbypod.com going up to the toon next week are you excited to go back there yeah Yeah, mate they're gonna unveil the statue i think kept them in the premiership and now look at them they're flying yeah toby flood is at 10 now good team how you guys been over the last week? What have you been up to? I had a quiet weekend at home with the kids. Did you? A uh, quiet weekend drinking coffee, drinking Tiki Tonga coffee at home. Did you enjoy no it? No beers. Um, what, the coffee or the weekend off? <laughs> exactly, either, both. Uh, yeah. Coffee's good. I did. I was, I, was, I was happy to get back to work today, I'll yeah. be honest. So he always leaves the house, he's like, thank God. Yeah. I think I that's, a, go that's a normal thing though, isn't it? How hard is it at home looking after children? I naturally, okay. Natural dad. I, I, I'm a natural dad. Mm. You, not, you, are, you are their natural dad. We know that. Don't I, we? I would say I'm not. I, <laughs> Has I it been proven so. you're their dad? Not yet. Not okay. yet. They're yet to grow into their into their bodies. That I'll know if they're me. Um, how hard is it looking after kids? Easy, mate. I'm watching Goody. I'm watching. I'm listening to Goody every day. He's on something. I'm like, mate, you are selling your soul. I'm just working on. It's, like, it's like that. It's like I'm sick of his voice now. Provide so, provide for the family. So you you've both got twins. What 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 else have you got? I've got two of the kids. How old are they? Seven and four, I well, think. What, what are the easiest ones and what are the... <laughs> Wait, when they're older. Seven what? and four, I think. <laughs> what a dad. When what a dad. Two, two, two boys, I think. No, I've got a boy and a girl. You sure? JJ and Phoebe. So now they're seven and four, they're a lot easier to look after. Like they can get out of bed, they can dress themselves, brush their teeth, feed dinner, and they can drive to school by themselves. If you've taught them to brush their teeth, yeah. why don't you brush yours? I can stay at those. I've been reading something that you can only brush your teeth once a day, maximum. Oh my Otherwise god! Otherwise, you get breath like you. That is why your breath is, aka doggers. Like Satan's ass. That's Goody's nickname. Uh, um, was at school apparently. Doggers. Doggers. Dog breath. Absolutely, it wasn't. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't ever. How's that turned back to me? Anyway, carry on. Uh, yeah. So that's it. Quite weekend of watching ruggers. Well, let's get into the ruggers. Yeah. What happened? Well, I'm watching Sarries down the pub. On, um, was it Friday or Saturday? With the kids? No, no. Saturday night. Saturday night. So the, you binned off the kids. <laughs> the Legion. You can watch the rugby at home with your children. Yeah, I know, but it's different. You don't get, it's not the right setting. I've gone down the Legion pub in Stowe. There's three people in there. Right. Three people. What did you drink? Um, Carlsberg. <laughs> you said you had no beer, so there's a lie already. Jack and Ori Jim coming out. Well, yeah, you know, I had one pint. Okay. Yeah, yeah I had to get back for the kids for the late, late feed. Um, I love that. I left the house because of the kids to watch the rugby. I'm quite happily say I'm not made out. <laughs> to look at I'm a breadwinner you're allowed to say that in the, today's day and age can you say that you want to be the breadwinner you want to get out there you want to work I yeah, mean, you can you're allowed to say it but you're not what you shouldn't say is I don't know how old my kids are and I don't know whether they're mine and I don't know whether I like them or not <laughs> I'm not sure what the sex is there <laughs> I love my family so it was a bad weekend for Bath Wasps and Series well Scarlets were unbelievable weren't they and we very rarely chat about Ruggers me and Goody off air but we both did say how good were Scarlets like we did chat a bit about that Tandahanga uh, Bernie Sauce. What's his name? Tad Burn. Tad Burn. Tad Burn. Can't, can't ever read his name. Can say it. Tad Burn scored a Jim Hamilton-esque try. Oh, my. I knew he was going to say this. Oh, it's just cheap, isn't it? But Second rower going through, steps to fullback, shows gas, shows athleticism, shows footwork. 
the absolute opposite of what Jim Hamilton was on the rugby field. Mate, he showed patience and he showed composure, two of the biggest strengths of mine <laughs> as a player. But, mate, it's very impressed watching Scarlets. Bath, again, just can't work them out a lot. Quinns, didn't they? Hot and cold, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get. It's um, weird, actually, because obviously it was all... Bath's home game, they're in control of the group, they win that game, and then they're going to Benetton this week. They win the group, and it's like they didn't... T- apart from Zach Mercer and Banahan, uh, a few days after they announced he's signing for Gloucester. Bizarre. Which we broke on on here. We got him a bit of a pay rise as well, didn't mm, we? You're welcome, Banners. Mm. What a try! What a finish that was! But apart from that, no one else rocked up. No, poor, very poor, very poor. But less of the poor Bath, more of the how good, good were how good were Scarlets? How phenomenal! Stephen Jones, you talk about Wales, right? And Welsh rugby, the national team, and everyone's been moaning about Warren Ball and Gatland and Rob Howley and all the things off the back of the Lions. Got a ready-made coaching unit there just to mix it up and take that DNA, take that uplift that Scarlets team, whack them in the Welsh team and say, off you go, boys. Yeah, he looks the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah, brilliant coach. He coached me at Wasps as well when he was straight out of retirement and he's just got such an enthusiasm for the game. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the most energetic, enthusiastic the coach put- that can also, it's not just about, yeah, come on, let's do it, do it. It's about thinking about the game, thinking about different... You know, it's hard being a coach all year coaching the backs or coaching skills or coaching attack trying to think of different things and to stay enthusiastic to stay enthusiastic trying to think of different things to do day in day out to keep the boys interested but also upskill the players I thought Stephen Jones was phenomenal Uh, Welsh coach in the making get him in now there we go what happened in that last quarter Goody Uh, Wasps versus Quins how good how good Wasps how (laughs) Harlequins are out how have Harlequins beaten what mate Quins are out Mate, John Kingston, like Bob Marley's mate, Kingston Town, he said that it's all about pride and all this. They're out. Out of wasps. They got smoked the other week. We were 21 nil up. 21 Marcus nil Smith up. was a difference off the bench as well. Do you think? Yeah, he played really well. 18-year-old kid coming off the bench and, and tearing up like that. Wasps are imploding, mate. Mate, we had it won. Lost it. Had it won. Like, it was just... I was commentating for uh, on the Northampton-Claremont game. No doubt. Um... And they sent us through the clips while we were commentating of Wasp's bonus point try, and it was something like 28-12 at the time or something like that. I was like, oh, 15 minutes left, happy days, game done. Wasp's top of the group or second in the group, whatever it was going to be. And then you beat Ulster this weekend and you're through. Oh, no. Quinn's come back. Haskell got sent off towards the end for that tackle. And Mm. in my opinion, it is, with the letter of the law, it is a red card. Yeah. Some people go, oh, that's soft. It's a, he catches his shoulder flush on his face. It's a red card. Um, bad technique. And Haskell said it, he apologised yeah. straight away. And that was the good sporting side of it. You see him after Haskell's red card, Jamie Roberts gets back up and they shake hands on the side. There's no malice intended, but it's bad timing from yeah. Haskell. And it was bad decision-making because Wasps were 28-26 up, I think, with a couple of minutes to go. And Quinns are going to chuck it around from their own half. Just stay in line, stay connected. Don't fly out the line and try and fix the whole thing yourself. Jamie Roberts, fair play. Lovely hands just to put Lang away, I think it was. And he gets cleaned out. It is one of them, though. Like, people were saying that it's reckless and it's stupid and stuff like that. And I get and I get what they're saying. Mate, three inches lower, mate, it's a great hit. An inch lower, yeah. Well, yeah, an inch lower, is it? Yeah. Well, it's a big old jaw, so he's... Yeah. Yeah, maybe five inches lower. But <laughs> he's, um, yeah... There we go. Shame. Um, so Wasps are, there's a very, very, very slim chance they can go through still. Do you know what they have to do? We well, they've, they've got to beat Ulster with four tries, right? So that gets them to 17 points, and then it's all relevant to certain other groups. But you, you need to be a mathematician. I think not, they, not, not teach by Mrs. Good. You need it to be a proper mathematician, try and work out. For Wasps to go through, I think things have to happen, like Rassing need to lose to Leicester at 
Leicester. Saracens need to lose to Northampton at Allianz Park. Ospreys need to beat Claremont. Or Claremont need to beat Ospreys. Claremont need to beat Ospreys, which they will. Uh, so many ifs and buts. The big one is, for Wasps, is Saracens need to lose to Northampton, which at Allianz Park ain't happening. But you um, never know. <laughs> so let's, should we get to Saracens? Yeah. They could be out. Back-to-back Champions Cup winners. Jim Hamilton retires. I mean, you're you're saying it there, and I I don't believe that myself. I think there's more to it, but I mean, a lot of people are saying that the big difference is the difference. Um, but yeah, they they're struggling. I, you know, they've lost Billy now, broke his arm, poor bugger, because he he was well, he was awesome last week against Wasps and needed a big game. But I can't, I just can't see what's happening. Set piece is poor. If we're speaking frankly. Scrum isn't very good. Well, that's all, ultimately that's been the weakness. If there has been a weakness of Saracens over the last, every team's got weaknesses, right? Yeah. Over the last couple of years, if there has been a weakness, and it, it's been a monumental Saracens team, it has been the scrum. I don't think it has. I, I think with Petrus Dupasi in there, the scrum was significantly better. Yeah, no, it was. It was. But what I'm saying is, Saracens are an excellent team. You can't fault their defence. You can't fault their kicking game. You can't thought their work rate their attacking game's gone through the roof but you can pick tiny little holes in that Saracens team over the last few years and it has been the scrum is yeah. where they've given penalties away five penalties at the weekend at scrum time at scrum time um, did, did, who did it go against was it Mako or was it Figalo? Mako gets pinged a lot of the time yeah whether or not he's in the wrong and there's a couple of decisions that were wrong but Mako seems to be the one constantly even for England that gets pulled out all the time yeah Vincent Cock isn't a strong strong yeah, scrummager as Petrus Dupasi but Vincent Cox, one of the best tight in the world in terms of the way where the game is now, yeah. the, the power. Um, they just can't sustain field position now. And that's where Saracens were so good. They bring on a bench. <laughs> Guilty. For the, last, for the last two minutes. They bring on a bench that would be able to sustain and put them in field position off their set piece. And now they haven't got it. So there's a good, there'll be a confidence issues now. Michael Rose apparently is injured again. <sighs> so I don't know. I don't know. Imagine, it, imagine if they don't go through. Yeah. Well, Hopefully. Well, Matt, think, Matt McCall said perhaps we don't deserve to continue in this competition because we haven't been good enough. And that's another thing as well, right? And I, and I shouldn't say it, but let's say it. So the two times Saracens have not performed, the big one being the Clement game on that Monday. At home. That's, at the, home. that's where they've, if you go out, that's where they've lost it. And then this week, you look at McCall's interviews at the end, he looks like a broken man. Now, you flip that onto Die Young last week yep. when they got smashed by Saracens and you know, gave all the credit to Saracen, said they're going to go away and work hard. It just seems like he's a little bit shell-shocked, mm. marking what he's saying. But for me, I don't know, again, maybe I'm blinded by, you know, the love that I have for the, for, for the squad and that team, that if they can get through this and they end up qualifying, I, I still think, can they win it? Of course Look they at, can. Of course they can. Looking at it now, Leinster are the form team and I think yeah. La Rochelle as well. But, mate, it, it's, a, it's a proper, if they, if they can get out of this now, yeah, then it's something that we've not seen before. I reckon Leinster v Exeter in the final. Really? Yeah. All righty. If Exeter can pull through and beat Glasgow this weekend and get a runner-up spot, obviously dependent on the draw because it all depends on seedings and where everyone ends up. We'd love to, uh, The best two teams, Leinster and Exeter, Saracens have underperformed, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah. Exeter are the best team in the Premiership at the minute. Leinster are by far the best team in the Pro 14. La Rochelle. La Rochelle are good in France, but they haven't got that big game experience. Extra have got a bit of that big game experience now in terms of they've lost quarterfinal of Europe. They have lost, lost the final. semifinal 
of the Premiership and lost, lost, to, the, lost, lost the final, final won a final. Yeah. So you, you build all that up. And I'd love to see Leinster Exeter in the final. Mate, imagine if best Exeter, two rugby teams, rugby teams. Imagine if Exeter won the yeah. Champions Cup with the squad they've got, and that's no slight on them, mate. If you spoke to the general public, right, of, of big fans across the world, how many people would be able to pick out five Exeter players? Yeah, mate, exactly. They wouldn't, and that all comes down to coaching. Yeah. Just just on that series game, do you think Ospreys made the right decision going for the draw and not? Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? I Charging mean, on because they've got to go to come on, don't they? Uh, the, the issue for I completely agree with kicking the penalty at the end to get fifteen all. The big thing with me was when Reese Webb kicks it out. They've got possession around oh, the halfway. halfway line. Yeah, halfway. You're in possession, so you hold on to the ball and try and win a penalty for bigger to have a shot at winning the game. And he kicks it out, takes the draw, and off he goes. Did you see uh, the Racing game? I didn't see it. No, as well. Racing Munster. That's the one game I haven't seen. Um, again, at the end, they chose to take the kick as opposed to go for the try and leaving it all to the last week. So Donica Ryan got interviewed after the game, so instead of going for the bonus point try, yeah. um, they decided to take the kick yeah. and, and just scrape through Munster. If they would have got the bonus point try, they could have qualified or they'd been in a much better position yeah. this week. Well, Munster is still top of the group, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. So they had an opportunity to go, go for the kill and they didn't. Um, and he basically, the commentators were saying that you practice for scenarios and stuff like yeah. that. And are they rushing and backing themselves to go to Leicester and win. Exactly, which they probably will look um, at Leicester. They were, at, oh. I mean, they had their fifth team out, but Matt, oh, I don't know. I, we, we spoke about it now. I mean, there, there's something not right there. I think for me that the, the one of the standout teams of the weekend, believe it or not, were Northampton. Change of coach, all of a sudden a bit of emphasis on caring about the club a bit more, working a bit harder, getting off the deck. Bringing in players that care for the team. Christian yeah. Day, yeah. who was who was outstanding. He got was. the best out of Foden. Yeah. Foden scored a worldie of a try. Tom Wood. Tom Wood was outstanding. Um, it was a toss-up between who to give man of the match to, Tom Wood. And Ben Foden said he'd get me a signed Saturday's calendar if I gave it to him. So, you know, I gave it to Foden, my old mate. Smart, but I mean, for them to beat Clement the way that they did, I thought Clement were awful at the weekend. Morgan Parra, he looked, mate, he looked like, he looked like you running around. Mm. He was slower than a week in the jail. Yes, please. Man, look at the nick of him. What's wrong with him? 50, little pot belly on him. That's what you get for 50 euros a, a week. A 50, month, sorry. 50 euros a week? 50,000 euros a 50, month. 50,000 euros a month, mm. that guy's on. Yeah. And, mate, and he didn't want to tackle phone. He just saw them, them long locks of hair come and thought, God, this guy's good looking. Next thing, he's been done like a kipper. To be fair to Claremont, in their defence, if there is any, they know if they beat Ospreys at home this week and they win the group, get a home quarter final. Yeah, but that's not a foregone conclusion. Oh, I know is it? it's not. But they'll back themselves at home at the Stade Marcel Michelin. Well, they need to be a lot better. How much of an impact has Gaffney had? Do you think? Like, what what can what can he actually do as Dean, a coach? Uh, Dean Gaffney. He looks about 110. <laughs> like I saw him in the bar. I thought, oh, mate, literally, you look older than my granddad. If I had a granddad, Was like he's 71. You know, 71. He looks about 101. To be fair to him, he's he's been very honest. He said, "I've not come in and tried to reinvent the wheel. He's just given them a bit of confidence." It's oh, a new voice. Yeah. Change of voice. They're working harder for each other because there's a new bloke coming in. People get in the comfort zone when, with a coach that... So Jim Mallander would have been very comfy with some of those players and the environment would have been okay. You know, you're going to get another couple of years in the contract, etc., etc. Change of voice, change of head guy. All of a sudden, it shouldn't happen, but everyone bucks their ideas up. Everyone works that little bit harder. Everyone stays out and training that little bit longer. Everyone seems to care about the club a bit more, which, you know, to Northampton fans will sound completely wrong, but it's... It's it's something that you, you can't perhaps emotionally say as a player you're trying harder because you just said you were trying hard three weeks ago when Jim Mander was there. But subconsciously, you, I think you probably 
are, and you see it, the, the work rate of some of the players in the, in the last couple of games. Gibson against Gloucester was outstanding, and then you look this week and they were gnarly, they were in their face, confrontational. They were getting hosed at scrum time, but trying to cause a bit of a ruckus after every scrum to try and rile the Claremont boys up, and their dis- Claremont's discipline was shocking. Mate, talking of scrum, the bath prop. Abano. Abano. How poor was he? He's just got his England squad and he got absolutely dominated. The thing is for me, right, and again, I don't like opening players up. I didn't like getting opened up, but all last week they were talking about Abano, weren't they? Going to come in, starting loose said. So I'm watching him. I hadn't seen much of him, heard a bit about him, heard him rap, hell of a voice, absolutely abysmal. And I'm like, really? Is that where England are at now in terms of props? Uh, well, if we're being honest... So Genji's definitely out. Yeah, so Vudipola and Marla would be first choice. Yeah. And second choice in either order. Marla's banned. Genge would have come in. Genji's injured. He's, injured. He's the next guy. Matt Mullen would have been the next guy. He's been in and around the squad. He's out injured. So then you go further down and who is there? Abano. Abano. There's the boy at Sale. Harrison, is it? Ross Harrison. Um, I don't know. I don't know who else there is. I, I... This is the thing. So this is where, and again, like we obviously watch the rugby, that they're light in some positions. For me, loose head and centre. Yeah, England are, yeah. 12. That's why Farrell will have to keep playing at 12 for England. That's why Scotland are, going to, Scotland are going to put 40 on England. <laughs> Dreaming. And you guys saw, um, obviously, the controversial, not not even controversial, maybe disgusting comments made over the weekend by Bastaro. You bastard. Uh, awful. I was commentating on the game. Uh, too long against Treviso. A minute to go. And Sebastian Negri, the back rower for Treviso, carries the ball into contact. And Bastaro has come in. And it's a, it's a big hit bit of a swinging arm but legal perfectly legal hits him gets whacked in the ribs sort of lower back area wherever it was uh negri is like shouting to the referee watch the swinging arm watch the swinging arm he's lost his head they're 36 nil down or whatever 39 nil whatever it was negri gets up and he's still saying watch the swinging arm ref and him and bastero stood next to each other and he's like negri shouts out so what you've done that for so late in the fucking game game and then Bastero, he's pushed Bastero, which he shouldn't have pushed him. He's pushed him. That's Royal Bastero up. Bastero's like, oh, and then he's gone. Come, see you after. Come after. Come after. And then he's called him the effing. I think you can say it. I think. Yeah, he's called him a fucking faggot, which is homophobic, disgusting. No place for it in the game. Whether whatever Negri's sexual orientation is is irrelevant, but saying a homophobic slur is disgusting. Shouldn't be. I chucked the book at him and I, I tweeted about it straight. I heard it on commentary and the first thing I said was, that's naughty. And then I gathered my thoughts, as you do as a commentator, and I went, actually, that is disgusting, what he's just said. And I was surprised Luke Pierce, who was stood there, you hear it clear as day on the uh, ref mic. Should Luke Pierce have sent him off if he heard it? Absolutely, mm. yes. Yeah, it's probably taken him a little bit by the you know, sideways, yeah. isn't it? There's 30 seconds to go in the game. So, and everyone's, people have come at me on Twitter going, oh, he was racially abused. No, he wasn't. Oh, the other guy said uh, the same thing, homophobic slur. No, he didn't. Oh, it's his second language, you know, miscommunication. He, you know, things mean different things in other languages. He has consciously known that Sebastian Negri speaks English. He's, I think he's born in Zimbabwe, but he's obviously of African descent in terms of uh, his voice and his, he's speaking English to the referee who was English. And he has chosen to use those words. He's chosen to call him an effing fact. Yeah, I, I, go on. Regardless of if it's a second language or not, he's chosen, as you said, he's chosen to use those words and he knows what those words have meant. Yeah. So he's meant what he said. No, yeah, no, yeah. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I, my opinion is on it, mate, 
yeah, don't get me wrong, there, there's no place in life to be calling people that, but it is his second, second language. I'm not sticking up for him, and I agree with Goody. The book needs to be thrown at him because they, need, they can't set a precedent in, in this game. You know, football does what it does, and it has problem with racism, has problem with homophobic slurs. He said something off the cuff, hasn't he? So he's just said whatever's in his head. Like, what, what's he trying to get? He knows that people are going to hear what he's going to say. So I think I don't think that he's thought about what he said. Yes, there's. It doesn't matter that there's repercussions of that. For me, yes, there's a problem. He he knows full well, and I've played in France, and that they call it. They do use that as an expression about being homosexual. Okay. Um. So he's he's not. He he's ca- categorically thought about. I'm going to say something in English now, and he's come out and said a homophobic slur. He should be banned for how long? Because well, I looked then, into then, world because... rugby, and there's different entry levels of 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 offence, isn't there? L- low end entry point, I think, is six weeks. Uh, high end is up to fifty two weeks or something okay. like that. So, what do you think? I'd go six months and make an example of See, it. See, this, this for me, where <laughs> stamps it out. The okay, game. all right, I get it, and I get what you're saying. It stamps it out of the game, and I there is no place whatsoever categorically for this type of thing in the game. I would say being eye gouged in a game of rugby is yeah. worse. Oh, yeah. is worse mm. than being called a name. Now, for me, is I see other stuff, like I saw that stamp that Bergen uh, did in the in the derby against Fraser Brown. What did he get? He got a six-week ban? I think he got in that. He got a six-week ban. Now, for me, that is more dangerous and thought out than someone in the heat of, heat of battle getting to, oh, you know, and shouting, shouting something. Mate, and again, I'm going to say it again because I don't want to get in trouble. There's no place for it at all. Mm. But if he gets six months, right, and someone who stamps on someone's head gets six weeks, then for me, there's a problem. I see your point, and I, I do think some of the bans that have been dished out for like the stamps and the gouging and et cetera have been way too lenient. Yeah. Mm. The bottom line is, I think Joe Marler got a too-much ban for calling Samson Lee, I think he called him Gypsy Boy, and a 20-grand fine. You know, Dylan Hartley got an 11-game ban. I think it was an 11-game ban. For calling Wayne Barnes. For calling Wayne Barnes a fucking cheat. And he says he didn't call it to Wayne Barnes. He was saying it about Tom Youngs or yeah. the Leicester front row, whatever it was. Mm. Um, you cannot get away from the impact that that has in on the game, in society. And if you don't throw the book at him, we're basically saying it's okay to say abusive comments, whether it's homophobic, whether it's racial, whatever it is. Sportsmen are role models. Yes, we make mistakes. And yes, it's a physical contact sport. And you do go over the edge sometimes. But things like that. And, and I've been hammered on Twitter. People have been calling me a snowflake and... People have been saying, you know, it's just banter. It's just, you know, he's heated the battle. There's a lot of things you can say in French, in English. If he's annoyed, he says it in French and he says something completely different. Like they say in France, we played there, they call everyone fils de pute. Or pute de mer. Yeah, fils de pute, son of a bitch. It's not the the, the thing world, is, yeah. for me, is you, you said it there, it's for the kids of the game. So now we're seeing more and more players going up to referees, players moaning and stuff like that. And that, again, I'm going to say it, it's similar to what happens in football. And the, the verbal abuse and stuff like that, and you know, I hope he does get a long ban. My point was being that I get your point. You know, okay, th- there are other big things that go on in the game that don't get punished as much. And I would be like, if I'd been gouged as a player, if I'd been gouged in the game, I'd be significantly more pissed off if I'd been gouged than if someone said them words to me. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Ban him. All right. Well, let's Forever. go. Let's go to the phones now. Um, uh, More light-hearted. Yeah, we'll stick with uh, rugby, but maybe even switch it up and and, and change sports slightly uh, to dancing on ice. We're joined by Max Evans. How are you, Max? Very good, thank you. How are you doing, lads? Ma- good, buddy. What hero you are, Max? Uh, Jimbo, you're the biggest moaner in rugby. Yes. Right? Oh, here he is, <laughs> Max. I gave you a life, mate. 
I'm. Uh, I just got back from uh, from the studio. I was doing some training today. I just got home. I'm sat with I'm um, sat with my bro Tommy as well. We're just chilling. So uh, we're all ears. Whatever you want to fire away. Oh yeah. Well, let's let's dive straight into it. We played golf a few weeks ago together, didn't we? How are you, Goody? I'm good, mate. I'm good. good friends, How are you? you good friends with Max? It's the first time I've really spent time with Max <laughs> on the golf course. But we got on well, didn't we, Max? Yeah, we bonded straight away. Exactly. Um, you were telling me about a load of stories about the house and you and your brother. Anything you want to enlighten us on? <laughs> Well, that was strictly what, what what's talked about on the golf course stays on the oh, golf course. Oh, shit, yeah, oh. sorry, mate, sorry, sorry. You must have one story, though, for us. <laughs> and Max, he's, uh, he's come out, well, it was all in the papers, mate. You literally blew up on social media last night. I was watching it, and you went from 18.2 thousand followers. You're up to about 19 now, 19 thousand followers. Yeah, just a swift, nice little thousand followers that have jumped on the support wagon, which has been really nice. Yeah, no, I I think Instagram was a bit more. I'm now beyond 30K, which is all, which is lovely. So on, uh, a bit more of a reach. Well, mate, that was awesome. So we all all watched it. So every, well, everyone here in the studio watched you on the ice last night. And you said you were very nervous before you went on. You got interviewed. So I'm there watching it on the sofa with Beck. I've never seen her more awake at half six in an evening than I saw her last night. I was like, you know what? This is the torture hour in the Hamilton household and you're wide awake. Look at you supporting Max. But, um, mate, how was it? Just talk us through the feelings before and after. Well, the crazy thing is is that we've got like a little training, uh, like a little training rink it's connected to the main studio ice rink where we do the performance. And there's actually this fairly longish tunnel uh, that you go through to then come out. I'm telling you, it's a similar kind of, like the nerves, the adrenaline, like the rush... It's similar to, you know, the build-up to a big, you know, international game. The difference being is you're not then going out and, you know, blowing out your hoop for the first five minutes and, and, and settling the nerves. You've got to, you know, especially my one on the week, like yesterday, having to try and be graceful and pretty and be within yourself is just a completely different um, experience. So, yeah, all the nerves, all the kind of tingles, very similar to how it was before going out for a game. But, but then, yeah, I guess... I mean, the legs were shaking pretty much the whole way through the performance, but you can't really notice it as much because the weight's kind of going through into the skates. But real nerve-wracking experience. But just the weight off the shoulders now to get that out of the way, having had to wait another week, you know, because I didn't, you know, I've had to wait a week. The first six couples did their performances on the first weekend, and then I had to wait a week to do mine. Um, just to get that out of the way and, to, you know, to do a do a good job of it was, uh, oh, it's just such a great feeling now. When you first signed up to this, what were your levels of, could you ice skate and dance or what? Were, where were you on a... You can definitely of, dance. <laughs> Did so, you know yeah. you were going to be good at this? Well, no. Well, I mean, the only ice skating I'd ever done, I think I must have gone twice, I think maybe we went twice as kids, Tommy and I, you know, as you do, like around Christmas time and like literally just messed about. I remember actually having a race against Tommy on the on the rink where he just ran on skates and I was trying to do some sort of skating and he ended up running and then not knowing how to stop and crashing and sliding into the barrier. I mean, he won the race, but he, he didn't really win it in too much style. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so no experience going into it. As Jim says, I consider myself a little bit of a dancer, a bit, you know, I, I knew I had a bit of rhythm going into it, but honestly, you know, when you see ice skating done and you see it done well, the whole, they make it look so easy. So when you see it, you think, oh, you know, that looks like a piece of piss, like as in, you know, I'd be able to pick that up fairly quickly. It just looks like you need to have balance and, and kind of strength a bit. Until getting into this, you don't understand how hard it is to, to look good skating. And I have such a huge appreciation now for just 
how hard it is. And like the comments I got from the judges, like, you know, obviously um, Torval and Dean are huge, like legends in ice skating. But those comments, like the particular comments about like my, ha- uh, like my hands and being graceful and stuff is something that's so huge because um, it's so hard to look everything is connected so what you're doing with your upper body with your hands like influences what you do with your feet so if your hands start wandering behind you your legs start going off off where they need to be as well so getting kind of comments like that and having to put really work on 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 like presenting it it was just such a such a buzz to hear and obviously after the dance um you get comments from the judges and everything like that firstly uh what did your missus make of ashley banjo saying you have romantic (laughs) chemistry with your partner and secondly on that Obviously, there's sequins, there's tight lycra, et cetera, et cetera. There's loads of bodily contact. How hard is it to not get too excited when you're on the, dance, on the ice <laughs> rink? Well, yeah, in answer to the first question, Ashley straight away afterwards, you know, again, in the heat of the moment, looking for things to say. And I think it was the first time he'd seen, like, the VT and, and all that. Um, he straight away afterwards was like, mate, I'm so sorry. Like, I knew as soon as I said it, I was, you know, I was just like, maybe put you in the, uh, put you in the shit a bit. But yeah, so I mean, that's you know, my girl, my girlfriend's a dancer. She gets like the, she understands the necessity for having chemistry and Bodily and contact. actually it was a compliment in a way, if you think about it, to get those comments of being in such to having such good chemi- chemistry and telling the story of like romance for the song because then it shows that we did a good job in in terms of you know our delivery, I guess. Um, second question, I'm like definitely not getting excited in that area because I'm just. <laughs> I'm bricking it so much and just so worried about like nailing the steps and, and, and not wiping out or not like, I actually, the funny thing is, is because you're quite vocal from rugby and like, you know, when I've been making errors or slip ups or whatever, I, I tend to make noises like, Oh, you know, or swear or whatever, things like that, you know? And that's the thing that, she's been like you know even if you slip up try not to make your noises or make faces and stuff like that so all these things going on that the last thing is getting a bit of blood getting a bit of blood in it (laughs) (laughs) mate talking of blood is that Ashley Banjo is that his real name Banjo Banjo yeah bloody Banjo well mate hey don't worry about it anyway so you obviously got your girlfriend we saw her on ITV last night how you doing Um, so (laughs) uh, mate yeah she's uh, she's nice Uh, is Tommy single at the minute I am yeah I am um, maybe uh, Seeing, yeah. dating. Yeah, yeah, just um, seeing a nice girl over the Christmas period, um, and it was nice, but then it's always about taking it to that next step. and um, Commitment. Yeah. Um, is she famous? No, no, she's just um, yeah, lovely kind of girl next door, um, really, you know, easygoing and uh, a good dancer, you know. Which um, I, I oh, she's a dancer. Just a girl next door stunner, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, no, she yeah, is, but yeah just about whether taking it to the next step so um hope she's yeah. not listening is that, is that a yes you want to and she doesn't or she doesn't and you do <laughs> talk to the lads they know they're all they're in lockdown yeah yeah um yeah it's just, it's just making you know what it's like making that commitment oh goody knows about making commitments yeah yeah we've had twins on here boys <laughs> it's a big old world out there and like you know it's just um yeah so i'm just Plenty of fish, plenty of Tinder, plenty yeah. of happen. What are the other ones? Bumble? Well, I'll, yeah, Tommy showed me another one with celebrities on there, but we'll leave that. What I was going to say, um, Maximus, so basically, if the rugby fraternity and the podcast listeners want to get behind you, um, what they need to do for voting next week, they need to download the app? Oh, man, yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, download download the app. Um, uh, I think it's just, just type in Dancing on Ice, and then the key is to, like, if you haven't already done it, register before. You just need your iTunes account or your Android account. And then when voting opens, 
uh, chuck us a vote. It's uh, it's only four minutes of voting time, so it's literally over in the time it takes you to make a cuppa. So, yeah, give me a vote. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and what I was going to say, can you make sure I'm not going to vote again next week unless you put your top on? I, I was fully clothed. I was pushing all week. The one thing Tommy said, because Tommy obviously did Strictly, and, you know, again, first time doing any experience of television like that you know he didn't he was just going with what they're saying the biggest tip he gave me is like try and be because he did it the year with steve bagshaw and steve bagshaw was all about you know he's got some serious guns to him all about the pipes so he was apparently steve was you know ripping off or was given an outfit and then ripping off his sleeves just so he could get the guns out and tommy said to me uh you know whatever you do just try and you know get the guns out so i was pushing all this week to get the guns. I even did in my rehearsals in my t-shirt. I was rolling up my sleeves just really trying to push it and they completely fully clothed me. So um, I'm going to be pushing for it again this week. So uh, so we'll see. Max, can you tell us the uh, the true story about Jim's story um, about the night he slept on a sofa next to Noel Edmonds on your cousin Chris Evans' yacht in the Monaco Grand Prix? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so when I was playing uh, for Cass down in the south of France, it was we just won the semi-final of the uh, Top four. I was about to say top 14 then, but top 14. And um, there's a gap week in between when the Heineken Cup, or, or what was then the Heineken Cup, was playing. Uh, so I had a free weekend, and it was probably the Wednesday that I uh, clocked on that it was the Monaco Grand Prix on the weekend. So then we've ended up on the boat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so we've ended up on the boat. Um, like, I realised in that process that Jimbo was in, in town as well. We've the legend. The, the legend was in town. The legend was in town. So what do I do? Get him along. He's going to be the life and soul of the party. Get him on Chris's boat. We got Chris, uh, what's his name? Um, British um, Formula One lad. Oh, Ron Dennis? No, no. Oh, yeah. Jensen Button, there, but Jensen no, 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 Button. The they're all on there. Reggie Bush was on there. The younger lad, he's actually a, he was actually driving in the race. Oh, not, mate. Not don't... Lewis Hamilton, the other one, the good-looking lad. Oh, mate, I just Jensen remember. Button. Jensen Button, yeah, Jensen yeah, was Button him. was on there, and then and then Noel Edmonds of all people <laughs> comes out, and he's yeah, and so we just end up having a top night, getting pretty loose, and Jimbo ends up crashing on the couch with Noel Edmonds smelling his hand. Kovskin stole his shoes, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for coming on the show, Max, and, and best best Pleasure. of luck for the rest of Dancing on Ice. Um, we'll yeah. uh, be downloading the app, or our listeners will be downloading the app, and um, and giving you all the votes you need to try and take that comp out. Appreciate that. Yeah, awesome talking to you, lads. Go well. on, the boy. Cheers, Max. Cheers, Cheers Tommy. Cheers, See you, mate. Good set. Of good, uh, good looking brothers as mate, well, mate. Tom, Tom hung like an absolute slipper as well. You tell. Tell the stories of that house that that he was telling me on the golf course. <sighs> Just you know what? They're very, very, very good looking blokes. Well like, brought up as well. Nice kid. Not generally nice boys. Just yeah, and th- th- that's the thing. Like sometimes you get that, and you get oh, good looking lad, but he's a bit of a cunt. Mm. Like them two blokes are just diamond, diamond, diamond geezers. Like they, they really are. And you know the, the fact that they've got time. You know he's got time. Mate, he, you know he's, he's on the bloody ITV last night. His social media is blown up. You're welcome. And you're welcome. You know, and he comes on here and spend and spends t- some time with us. So uh, good on him. Should we go to some social media? Yeah, let's. Okay, all right. Jamie Hurd has tweeted in, disclaimer, not putting the premiership down, does the latest round of European results show that Pro 14 teams are better at managing their players and player welfare? Because yes, 100%. 100%. You look at the Pro 14 teams, I've said it all year, and people keep going on about this, oh, the Pro 14s are doing really well in Europe, it's better, it's better. All I'm comparing is two different leagues. I'm comparing 
you watch a prem- round of Premiership games, the intensity of the Premiership games is way higher than the Pro 14 intensity. Different parameters to it. There's no relegation in Pro 14. You know, you look at the numbers of bums on seats in stadiums, way more in the Premiership. Way more to it week in, week out in the Premiership. And off the back of that, the internationals play a lot more for the clubs in the Premiership. They don't play massively in the Pro 14 until knockout stages, all the big derby games. And it's all dictated to by the Welsh Rugby Union, the Irish Rugby Union, the Scots Rugby Union, who basically run those provinces in terms of player management and how much they can play. So they are. it's all built to a crescendo around European Cup weekends, international windows, whether it be autumn or Six Nations. And they're managed way better because they are not property, but they're the assets of the union in the Pro 14 countries, whereas in England... The clubs, the the players are the club's assets. So if, they if, want I, yeah. flesh. if I was a player, I'd want to be in the Pro 14. You get what, in, in terms of your workload, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, but exactly. in terms of competition, no, the Premiership's better. But that's is, the thing. If they if they go on, if you're at Leinster and you go on to win the Champions Cup, mate, this is the thing. Like this is Alex Corbusier, right? Okay, turns up to the Lions, gets called up, plays unbelievably well. People only remember that, don't they? They remember yeah. the big games. Warburton, mate, I can't even remember. I reckon I've seen him twice in the Cardiff top. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I associate Warburton with Wales and the British Lions. Yeah. Okay. And but and that's the thing because they get looked after. And I know the Corbus Hierro analogy is a poor one, but what I'm saying is he didn't play a lot of rugby in the lead up to that because he was injured. Yeah. But he went on that tour and he was fresh and he was hungry. Yeah. And I think that we get into a stage now and what we're seeing and what we might be seeing with Saracens, for example, is a little bit of burnout. Yeah. Because the, high, the, the intensity of the games that they've had to play and then they've had to go away to the autumn then they've had got to go away with England before that and train before the autumn and yeah. intensity I just think it's too much what, what amazed me I read something over the weekend and I think it was Toby Booth that said it they were talking about the attritional rate and the injuries and the amount of contacts in the game now because of the way the laws have changed slightly he said there was a thousand contacts in one of the Bath games but just put that into perspective 80 minute game a thousand contacts for the Bath players throughout the whole of the 80 minutes. That is, you talk about injuries, impact injuries, that is ludicrous. And he said three years ago, there were 600 contacts in a game. So you've nearly doubled the amount of contacts in a game. And guys are more powerful, they're stronger. The pitches are better. Yeah, and it just, it all adds up to, the likelihood is that there's going to be more injuries because players are bigger, faster, fitter, stronger, impacts are higher. And Saracens wear that collision thing on their, behind their ears, don't they? Yeah, there's Some no data do. of that out yet, but, but soon you, know, you compare all that, and when you're doing it week in, week out, the intensity of the Premiership, and I feel sorry for some of those Saracens players. I do and I don't, because they're earning a boatload of cash. But their workload, Maratoji's workload, he hasn't stopped. So yeah. he went on the Lions tour, did all that, played from game one of the Premiership. Yeah, and then broke his, his jaw and then came back Straight five, weeks, five yeah. weeks later. And that's yeah. going to happen. Um, you're going to get injuries. And, and yes, completely agree. It's it, th- Those players are better managed in the Pro 14 to the detriment of the league, but better for those players and clubs. Uh, players and unions, sorry. Clark Edison has tweeted in, so now Wasps have signed a decent 10. Ideas on where that leaves Sips. Where could his next move Well, be? let's just say, I didn't want to say I told you so. You didn't tell us who, though. I didn't tell who because I've got an allegiance with Wasps. You didn't know who. A worldly 10 from New Zealand. Did I or did I not you say that? You said a worldly 10, didn't you? You said a worldly 10. He's yet to be proven. He's yet to Swap a wanger. In the UK. Yeah, in the UK, yeah. Right. He'll love Coventry. Yeah. Um, this is the thing. I'm ambassador for Wasps, so I'm not going to re- release... News, classified information, classified, secretive information. Trust me, mate, I knew. Um, listen, Sopawanga is a quality signing. There are various conversations around Danny Cipriani. Um, it's not Sip, Sips with Sopawanga coming, Sips will not be at Wasps next year. You know, I think he's done an interview saying there's interest from the Premiership, interest from France. He's going to France. 
bottom line, you can't have Cipriani and Sopawanga in the squad. Sopawanga's signed a three-year deal at about 500 snakes a year. Is he? Making, but you could buy, mate, you could buy Coventry with that. He could buy in our Coventry homes. He could. So yeah, um, great signing. Uh, Sips is, I'm going to say, he's off to France. Bordeaux, know, I reckon Bordeaux. Know? Bordeaux, maybe good. I reckon he'll go to Bordeaux or Paris. I reckon Sopawanga, the conditions will suit him over here as well because he's used to the cold from down south, yeah. like Southland and Otago and stuff like yeah. that. So it'll be perfect for him. Yeah, well, oh, the, I think yeah, the Coventry player. air might be slightly different down to from Otago. Yeah, I think the the, the well, fish air oh, really? that blows in from <laughs> well, the coast. Otago, to be fair, so Otago, it's not a great place to live, is it? Mate, it's, by the, it's by the sea. Mate, so in... Otago, you live by the sea. Hamilton. Whales, dolphins, sharks, octopuses. <laughs> Coventry, you live by the Coventry Canal, mate. Mate, in there, there's whales, sharks, dolphins, <laughs> octopuses. Exactly, they're all plastic toys, mate, and floating nappies <laughs> and uh, Iceland trolleys. He'll love Coventry. I yeah, love it. All right, well, let's go to the rumour mill, shall we? Any, any rumours floating around, boys? No, I don't know. There's, uh, I, don't I did know. hear one. What? About the mighty Saracens. Oh, mate, if, if this is true, this is good. David Strettel going back to Saris. That would be class. Seeing off his career, we thought he was going to Bristol's. Mate, I, why? Why would you go to Bristol's? Cash, money. Yeah, I know, but there's there's more to it than that sometimes, Goody. There isn't, mate. Yeah, there is. It's a short career. There is, mate. He ain't getting in that Saracens team, is he? Potentially. I don't know how long Chris Wilde's going to play for. Yeah. Um, mate, Str- Earl's, Earl's gone to Quinns, hasn't he? Yeah, thir- he's 34, but Strettle is a class player. Yeah, mate, is. one of the best players that I've played with, oh. or I watched, <laughs> <laughs> from the side. Here's a good one. Dwayne Vermeulen, going back to South Africa. Good. Saw him, actually, um, when Sarri's played, I was going to say they played too long, but they didn't. I can't remember who they were. He came over anyway to see Scott Berger. Some of the boys asked him how he was getting on in Toulon, and it was a no comment, which I think basically meant that Fabian Gautier, as a cowboy, um, <laughs> didn't look like he was enjoying it. I mean, he's a beast of a man, isn't he? Quality player. So he's apparently out the door. Of Toulon, potentially, and I'm sure I've heard a few few players are going to follow as well. Nonu. Nonu. Yeah, Nonu. Where's he going? Toulouse. Do you know that or not? I've just heard it. I've just read it. Just heard it and read it. They yeah. don't like Fabian Gautier, do they? Mate, they don't. Mate, they, they don't. He is a yeehaw. So it'll be interesting to see what, what Toulon and Bougerad. Bougerlau. Bougerlad. Bougerad. Bougerad. He ain't no lad, is he? He ain't no lad, mate. He ain't no lad. Anymore? Yeah. Go on then. One of the biggest, hardest locks I've ever played against. Uh... The self-proclaimed enforcer, Charlie Matthews. Apparently leaving Quinns to go to Wasps. That ain't happening, Soft is as pudding, mate. Is he? Soft as pudding. A self-proclaimed enforcer. George Cruz used to hate him because Charlie Matthews came out and said, I am the enforcer. He did, didn't he? He tried to bang Joe Launchbury about once and we just laughed at him. Yeah. So, Charlie Matthews, see, mate. I can't see him going to Wasps. The Wasps boys don't like him. Well, it's because I think Matt Simmons is out, isn't he? So, yeah. there's, there's not many Simmons locks on the market. Matt Simmons has gone to Quinns. Yeah. So, like for like swap. James Haskell. Yeah. I think the deal's done, isn't it now? What's he doing? You're welcome. Bristol's. Potentially Bristol's, potentially Northampton. Could see that. Could see Hassett at Northampton. He, li- he lives. In, I think he lives in Northampton. He, he does. He does. Lives in Daventry, of yeah. all places. Yeah. Mate, you think he'd be like Kensington or Chelsea or? He got to live up in uh, Daventry. Who lives in Daventry? Well, people that are playing for Wasps. He's got a massive house there. He's got his JCB digger. What is it with him and JCB? Is he sponsored by it? No, I don't know. He likes him. He likes a big digger. I was out the back talking to Tim, the producer, hey, the guy with hey. uh, big arms <laughs> earlier, and uh, he reckons that George North is uh, going back to Scarlet. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, that's, mm. I mean, that is a proper mm. rumour, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, George one. North back to Scarlet's. Wow. But also, again, being looked after by the WIU. Mate, he needs to up his game, George yeah. North, doesn't he? Ben Tapawai to Quinns, maybe. Mm. Heard that one. Alex Cuthbert to Gloucester. Yeah. 
He's, a good, lad. He's a good lad, Cuthbert. Yeah, I don't know if he would. would he go to Gloucester as well. Why would Gloucester want Cuthbert and Banahan? Too big, gee, you nuts. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, well, yeah, it depends what Gloucester are doing with with their wingers, their back three. There you go, that's about it. Yeah, it's not Quay a lot. Coo- last one, Quaid Cooper to Ulster. Is it Dan? We, no, we, we, did we say that last week or not? Yeah, we did. We said Quaid Cooper. Just influences, yeah. mate, aren't we? Exactly. Oh, I've heard another one. Go on. I've heard another one today. Sonotti, Sonotti to Bristol. So good, they named him twice. Yeah. To so, Bristol's. Yeah, to Bristol's. Yeah. Right. Heard that today. From? I got a message off a source. Who's your source? Basically, I throw him a load of bungs. I'm not allowed to say, no, I'm joking. Who's your source? I can't say. No ketchup. Not allowed to source. say. Source. Real saucy. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, no, his name is Mr. Tard. No, no, it's Mr. Tard. That's who we call him. Mr. Tard? As in mustard, yeah. Mr. Tard. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your source? Get it? Source, mustard, yeah. yeah mustard, well get it. Ba-bum. All right, well, let's uh, wrap things up with uh, what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week with uh, Andy Good. Well, loads of ugly. We're going to get to that in a bit. The good. Um, let's start with Northampton, shall we? They've been in the bad plenty of times this year uh, with 11 straight defeats, but they've won two on the spin. They've beaten Claremont. The top 14 champions at home. And my goodness, they were... I commentated on the game and I just thought their energy, their passion was back. The Northampton you'd expect. It's been missing massively. Um, so we'll give them a shout. They don't get it though. Uh, Exeter, they're demolishing of you Montpellier. You absolutely love Exeter. I love Exeter. You do. I do love... No, I, I do as well. Love Exeter. Don Armand, you back row. Six Nations back row's got to have. Simmons at eight now. Billy Vanapola's injured. Nathan Hughes is injured as well. Simmons at eight. Don Armand's got to be in the back row. You reckon? Yeah. Don Armand's no, a I'm not a fan player. of Underhill. Anyway, this is your, your part. And Underhill's playing for Bath, but don't worry about it. Yeah, I know. It's my, it's my bit. I know it is, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Leinster, they were on fire dispatching and destroying a very poor Scottish team in Glasgow. They've been fairly abject in the Champions Cup, but Leinster were on fire, scored a boatload of tries. Uh, where else should we go? Where else do we go with a good this week? Got to give it to Scarlett. Hadley Parks, outstanding. I don't think he was due to start. No, he wasn't, no. He was made 18 carries, 138 metres, beat five defenders, scored a try. Overall performance from the Scarlets this weekend was absolutely outstanding. Quick tip of the hat to Matt Banahan for that worldy finish. That was pretty special uh, for his try. But the overall performance of the weekend, the good this week goes to Stephen Jones and his Scarlets men for an outstanding team performance. The bad. Hmm, where do we start? Do we go with... We'll go with Wasps to start off with. I'm going to stick Wasps in the bad. You're sacked. Unheard of. But when you're in control of your own destiny, when you're 28-12 up or whatever it was, I can't remember, and you're going through to another game knowing you win at home, you go through to the quarterfinals, to let it slip against Quinns, that's pretty bad. I thought you would have blamed the ref. No. That's what you normally do. No. No. Just poor game management. Defence was poor. Die Young's come out and said it. Our defence was atrocious, so they're going to get an absolute roasting this week in training. Um, Saracens. And their scrum conceded five penalties. Ultimately, could knock them out of Europe. That last kick for Dan Bigger. I'm good. Conceded five penalties. That was pretty bad. Billy Vanapola breaking his arm. It's not his fault, but it's bad news for England rugby. Mm. Bad news for Saracens. Montpellier. How much cash are they spending with their squad? Probably more than any other team in the world. And they got absolutely hosed down by Exeter. That's pretty bad. But unfortunately for me, it's got to go to our old club gym. This week's bad. Don't, don't say it. This week's bad has to go to oh. Leicester. Putting out a second string team, getting nilled in Europe for the third time in two seasons, away in cast. Cast weren't even in the competition. And they were, you watch the game, they got dom- dominated. They were pretty poor. So the bad this week has to go to Leicester Tigers. The ugly. You bastard. It's just uh, Matthew Bastero. You bastard. Horrendous, horrendous thing to say. You can dress it up whichever way he wants 
homophobic. He deserves a ban. It's very ugly. We need to stamp it out of the game. Matthew Bastereau. You bastard. Yeah, that is ugly. Ugly! All right, so that is the good, bad, the ugly, and that's another episode of the Rugby Pod. Do you guys want to hear a review that was left by... Because yes. we, we need we need reviews. We I need like people I to am, like. I ain't begging for nothing, but please like give us a review. No, to, to work our way up the charts, yeah. This will give you a bit of a self-esteem boost okay, for you. Okay, let's hear it then, Andy you Put your best voice on, mate. Okay. All right, it's, mate. It's called A Slice of Pure Gold, and it's by Pussy Galore. So Ooh. thank you very much for writing in. <laughs> it's um, by who? Pussy Galore has written into the show. Hey, man. Uh, late to the party with this, only started listening a few weeks ago. However, having a few long-haul flights recently, I've ploughed through about 20 of the back catalogue and loved every minute. What I love is that it dispels any ideas I had about certain players and coaches with genuine inside knowledge. Goody is basically rugby's answer to Gary Neville, a very average player who's found his calling as a great pundit. Thank and lo- you. And looks horrendous. Thank you. <laughs> That's a massive compliment. Gary Neville is amazing. Mm. Jim seems to be a parody of himself, and this in itself provides amusement. Okay, thank you, Fussy Galore. Thank you. He's also a Kiwi bloke, not sure what he does. We'll be at the next London live show for sure to see Jim. Pussy. Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore, we look forward to seeing you. Any relation to Tilly Von Trump? Potentially could be. Maybe it's her. Could, could, be, his sister, could be his sister. Or brother, could be his brother. I don't want to say it could be brother or sister. I don't want to... The pigeon. Gary Neville of rugby. The Jim Hamilton of rugby. Yeah. <laughs> no one had heard Get of it. you as a player, but you're doing exactly, well now. But yeah, as soon as you yeah. retire, you're doing well. We awesome. love your reviews on iTunes, so make sure you, you get on there and give us a review and, and give us a um, little star thing as well. Um, and check out, because we've also got uh, the live shows coming up in Newcastle on Wednesday 24th uh, of Jan and Edinburgh. We've got two shows, Wednesday 21st and 22nd. Check out eventbrite.co.uk for tickets to those events. Let's go get them. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. It's a rugby pod.